So I read part of the book, but more importantly is I wanted to learn a little bit about the process in this and a little bit about David at the same time. And I guess my sure. first question is, you have a podcast, right? DLR Cast, that's yours? That is one of them, yes. Okay. DLR Cast, you know, we tape an episode every month, but Paltrowcast with Darren Paltrowitz is the main one. It's also a TV show, kind of like what you do, where sometimes you're on the radio and sometimes you're on the podcast and sometimes you're on the TV. We are everywhere, my friend, you and I. We should just take over the exactly. world. <laughs> so, exactly. So why David Lee Roth? Obviously, you're a fan of David Lee Roth and, and Van Halen. And uh, so why that? And I, also, give me the genesis. You, you did an interview with Dave, right, in 2003? And you yes. have a great story about how that kind of happened. And you live on the East Coast, and he's on the West Coast, and you do it early in the morning, and it's God yeah. knows what time there. So, you know, a little bit about why David and a little bit about that interview that you did with him back in 2003. Sure. So why David? I mean, Van Halen is one of the biggest bands of all time, depending on which country you live in. If you're talking to people from Spain, Van Halen is not one of the biggest bands of all time. Or Germany, again, Van Halen's not one of the biggest bands of all time. But when you're talking to the U.S., Canada, Japan, certain countries, Van Halen is just a top 10 all-time band. And the guitar changed everything for everybody. Their MTV presence changed everything. So on those levels, you know, why not try and learn how the magic tricks are done, how the sausage is made? So the book kind of delves into all that. And as you mentioned, my interview with Dave from 2003 is the beginning of the book. And while that might be the only time I spoke with Dave, the people around Dave for decades spoke to me for this book. The person who arranged that interview with me uh, for two, the 2003 interview with Dave, he's somebody I still speak with and he's a big source for the book. And the editor who gave me my start, he's interviewed for the book and is somebody I've been doing some interviews with lately. So it's one of those things where, yes, it's only one conversation with Dave, but I spoke with people who worked with him in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 10s, and modern day decade as well. That, that's great. And you know what? I just, it's so interesting to, like, he's just an interesting guy. And this is probably yeah. what, why you kind of dove into this. And I, I, I know you probably get this question a lot, but, but how much of Dave is real? Because I've heard, you know, listen, I listen to your podcast. I listen to stuff you've done with, with Chuck and everybody in your interviews. And, oh, cool. and some, sometimes I, I sit there and think, I get it. Here's a guy in great shape always with it, never, never in a cloudy space, yet he drinks, yet he stays out all night. Like how much of Dave is really Dave or how much is perception? Cause nobody sells it better than him. Yeah. Before I wrote this book, I had a very different answer than I have now. And I used to think that Diamond Dave was kind of like a 50% him, almost like a Clark Kent Superman thing. And now I think it's like Diamond Dave is 1% of <laughs> who he is. And he's kind of been duping and fooling us most of the time because you bring out an extra excellent point there when you say, oh, he's drinking and he's staying up all night. There's not enough hours in the day to be drinking and partying, yet practicing martial arts, right. yet painting, yet singing, etc. So different parts of his life do take a hit when he's more focused on other activities. But I think that the partying image, while it was prevalent in his life, periods than not, 
or I should say more, more errors than that. It was a big part of it. I think he's always tried to keep up the image that he's always partying. This is Darren Paltrow, host of the Paltrow cast and author of DLR book. And you are listening to Shane Christopher Neal on classic 1220. With this book about Van Halen. So I want to ask you this too, is that there's a lot of Van Halen books out there. In fact, the last one I think I read uh, was Ted Templeman's, which is about him, but, but also has a lot obviously about Van Halen. So where did your love of Van Halen begin? uh, And and why would you want to write a book about uh, Eddie Van Halen? Besides the fact that he is the ultimate guitar player, obviously. Yeah. Well, actually my uh, sort of, um, uh, discovery of Van Halen came through a school friend and um, he had a couple of older brothers who were into Rush and White Snake and bands like that and um, because he knew I was listening to you know ACDC and Synthesy he was like oh you might like this band they're called Van Halen and um, so obviously I put it on and like everybody else first time to hear Van Halen won I had to uh, spend the next couple of minutes scraping my jaw off the floor and um, you know at the time I was sort of, I guess just starting to play guitar myself really badly um, I was probably better then mind you, than I am now. And I started taking lessons um, with a guy called Rocky in my hometown. And Rocky's claim to fame was he could play eruption standing on his head. Um, so, you know, Van Halen to me sort of represented kind of the American dream, basically. I mean, obviously, you know, um, he came over a little immigrant kid from Holland. Uh, his family suffered a lot of racism in Holland. Came over to California, faced a fair bit of racism there, but sort of fell in love with rock and roll, fell in love with obviously the state and, you know, the country. And um, he did basically sort of poured all that into his music and sort of then began exporting that around the world. And, you know, let's say, like, immigrants get a bad rap in so much of the world. And I thought this book was a nice reminder of the positive uh, aspects that, you know, uh, immigrants can bring to a culture and to a country. It's it's funny. I heard you say in an interview, and you're so right. I mean, I live in Canada, so I'm not in the United States, but very close to it, spend a lot of time there. But California was almost like its own country. Like, it's like, you know, all these great rock bands and the Doors and Van Halen, you know, uh, up in Pasadena. And then it got through into my era, which was the 80s and all of the glam rock and Guns N' Roses. And it was like, it was like this big, wow, this is, this is way out there, man. This is not even the same country. Uh, And yet it was. And so it represents so much great music. Were you ever worried in writing this book that, you know, Van Halen is a, is a massive topic with a massive audience that, you know, you were going to hear, well, that's not right, or, or I don't agree with that, or was there any of that going through your mind as an author to take on a book and, and a, an artist of that caliber? Uh, no, to be honest, that happens afterwards when you see people online trying to massacre you and saying, <laughs> I've read everything in this book before, which those reviews are up there on Amazon, and it's like, you haven't. I know you haven't, because you just haven't. Some of these people have never spoken before, but that's beside the fact. There's no point in getting too caught up with that sort of thing. But I think you just try and, um, you know, sort of separate back from fiction and tell the best story you can, I guess. If I, when I'm writing books, I kind of always think of it as a, a film script. And I try and pick four or five sort of significant events per chapter and kind of expand upon those, you know, so it's moving sort of scene to scene. So, you know, are you getting the full picture? Probably not. But then only Eddie knows the full picture. And to be honest, Eddie would have forgotten a lot of that picture himself because of his sort of Overindulgences back in the day. I right. mean, you mentioned um, the Ted Templeman book, and the author or the co-author of that book is a guy called Greg Renoff. We also wrote a superb book about Van Halen's early years called Van Halen Rising, right? Yes, which I sort of 
um, single out in the you know the end of my own book saying, look, you know, if you've read this, then go buy that next. And there's also, you know, while I'm on the, uh, you know, giving props to other people, there's a journalist called Stephen Rosen who worked for Guitar World in the 70s and 80s. And he was a journalist that um, Eddie trusted most in the world. He was a friend and a confidant. And he's actually got a book coming out in April, I think, called uh, Tone Master, um, which, uh, you know, will be very of interest, huge interest to guitar geeks. I mean, from my perspective, you know, I wanted to tell you know, the, the sort of the, the broader picture, you know, it's, you know, is it, do I go into the details about every amp he ever used and the string gauges? No, but I like to sort of, I like to think that when people read the book, they'll go back to the records and they'll remember why those records filled them with such joy. And then the way it'll sort of reel back the years for people and, you know, put them back in their mindset of where they were and what their life was like when they first heard that band. Hi, this is Paul Brannigan, author of Unchained, the Eddie Van Halen story, and you're listening to Shane Christopher Neal 